Hello, everyone. Welcome into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and you're listening to Moving Up the Ladder, where our experienced guests bring you their knowledge to aid in your career. We often talk about the technical aspects of one's career, but how about the importance of simply making a good impression on others? Our guest, Elizabeth Dexter Wilson, the coordinator of career and professional development at Spring Hill College, is joining us to discuss the little things we can all do to make those lasting impressions. Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And I think it's an interesting topic and the idea that, you know, we're talking about making an impression when it comes to your career. Do you think that's something that is overvalued or undervalued at all when you're comparing it to, say, someone's knowledge or skill set? Well, I think it's definitely undervalued because if we really wanted to get down to statistics and some research, it sounds a little boring, but the research is actually assessing that almost 90% of our first impression of someone is not what they say, but what you see hmm. from them in um, the way they look, the way they move, the way they um, articulate themselves, their nonverbals. Okay. And just those little things that are more unconscious than they are conscious. And all of the words that are said get completely um, forgotten about and filtered out. So it's, it's really a, a, a very important uh, component of making a first impression. Absolutely. Is there a concern, though, that maybe someone can fake some of these things or that maybe even the, the person reading that individual is misinterpreting those actions or, or what they're portraying? Do you see that as being an issue at times? I think it definitely is. And so that's why it's so important that you be real. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, I think it's it comes across as fake if you're trying to be fake. Right. And I always tell individuals that, you know, really pay attention to your instincts because they really do um, tell you a lot. And, you know, based on the research I had mentioned earlier, that we really are interpreting a lot about a person by what we see. Right. So, and that, that really comes into how we, what kind of vibes we get from them how we, whether or not we feel comfortable with them. And that's going to filter out all of the other possibilities of learning about who that really, that person really is if they're not articulating themselves genuinely. Right. I think some people do try to just, you know, come on strong and, and pretend. However, <laughs> you really can't, you can't do that and be real. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always tell individuals, think about, you know, if you have to practice being more comfortable in the way you uh, talk to people or in the way that you, you're nonverbal to those types of things, but you have to be genuine to be real. I mean, that's just the way it is. And we'll get into some of those details here in just a, a moment, uh, you know, some of these items, like you said, that you can work on while still being real and finding that balance. But in general, what do you think people can learn about an individual just from these sort of perceptual, subjective items? Are we looking at personality? Can you sense a, a credibility aspect? What would you point to as being general factors or general characteristics that you can learn from these things? Well, I think whether they're a caring person, hmm. whether they listen, whether they're paying attention to what you have to say, those are all um, very nonverbal. You know, if there's a certain amount of eye contact that someone has with you, sure. you're going to pick up on whether they're really listening to what you have to say. 
And, uh, you know, I, I tend to make a, a joke a lot. My poor husband gets on the bad end of this, but I always have to uh, really pull him in and make sure he's looking at me <laughs> because I'm pretty much guaranteed that he's probably not 100% focused on what I'm going to tell him. And so, you know, that's a much more intimate relationship where I know what this person's all about. However, even the first time you meet someone, there's definitely a sense that you get non-verbally, unconsciously, whether or not that person is really paying attention or caring or listening. Their facial mm. expressions, the way they smile at you, the way they nod, the way they respond. You know, are they really right. caring about what you have to say? So those non-verbals are so important. I, I don't want to call any uh, other husbands out there, but uh, I'll say he's <laughs> he's not the only one, I would guess, that uh, has that issue sometimes. <laughs> Hopefully you give him a break once in a while. I do. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Well, let's talk about some specifics then uh, as far as trying to help, again, our listeners understand where you're coming from and and how these impressions can make an impact and really how to portray some of these things. And the first thing, of course, as you mentioned as well, that first impression is so important. So even when walking into a room, there can be things that uh, people will pick up upon. What are some keys in your mind for an individual when they come into a room, say it's at a conference of some sort, uh, what can you do to really give off that great first impression? Well, I think that a lot of times people will sort of sneak in a room and or they'll they'll just go and, and have a seat and they won't really look at other people or sort of stand and observe. And again, this is sort of subtle. It's not like you want to be presenting yourself as the, you know, the person that is Everybody look at me. You know, I just walked in the room. But having a nice sort of nice stance as you walk in and kind of nod and smile at people, maybe have a little bit of eye contact as you walk by, perhaps say hello to someone or good morning or good afternoon. Ask someone if you may, if they would be uh, okay with you sitting next to them if they've saved a seat. Just a little bit of an acknowledgement of the other people, whether it be a hello or whether it simply be eye contact. You have a presence when you walk in a room. And if you hold yourself a little bit uh, taller and, and just a presence of being confident, sure. I think that makes a huge impression that people will remember or recognize, oh, yes, I remember seeing that person earlier. They looked interesting. You know, they appeared to be somebody I might want to say hello to later. Again, so many of these things are unconscious that we don't really think about until after the fact, and then it comes back in our minds that I remember seeing that person. Right. Well, they obviously made some kind of a positive impression on me by the way they were holding themselves, by the way they nodded at me, by the way they smiled at me and walked by. And to your point, you, you did say it's not about, you know, sort of busting into the room and being yelling across the, you know, the conference hall, hey, Jim, how's it going? I mean, being, being loud and boisterous, is, I assume, would have a negative effect on you. Absolutely, yes. It's sort of that grandstanding right, sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it brings me back to my college years where you always had the one person who just wanted to be the show off and they <laughs> come busting in. Hello, everybody, I'm here. And, you know, I mean, everybody loved that person to a certain extent, but I don't know how seriously they took that person, right. you know. <laughs> and that's obviously a bit extreme because we're talking about, you know, fun days during college, but in the professional world or even just, you know, at any kind of a, a you walk into a, the lobby of a hotel and you're going to check in, you know, say hello to someone who's mm-hmm. sitting there or nod or smile. It is, it you know, if nothing else, it makes them feel very good that you've acknowledged them and that you have given them an introduction into your world. In the same realm, I find that a lot of people we talk to struggle with introducing themselves uh, or others within a conversation, especially, again, you're talking about maybe a networking opportunity. They're not really sure how to handle that, how to introduce themselves, or if they're with a group, 
What is your general suggestion you would offer up for to help people in those circumstances? Well, I love this question because I'm very much an introvert and and a little shy. And so I'm definitely one of those people that struggles with this. Okay. The first thing that I recommend people do, obviously, is you just have to practice. <laughs> and practicing with, you know, someone you're comfortable with, your best friend, or people who know you well and are comfortable with giving you some good feedback. So, you know, the practice comes first. And so what you want to do is when you are I always encourage people to really work on taking the initiative to be the one who introduces themselves first. Okay. So walking up to someone, having good eye contact and a smile and reaching your hand out first and saying, hello, it's nice to meet you. My name is Elizabeth Dexter Wilson. Shake their hand and that's it. With the eye contact, sometimes people get a little bit uncomfortable with that feeling like they're Staring right. and these laser beam eyes and thinking, okay, I have to have eye contact, I have to have eye contact, and then you're staring. But a little trick that we use helping with the eye contact is that you have a bit of a triangle. If you were to put your thumb and your forefingers together on both hands and make a triangle and then put your tips of your thumbs up to your nose, you have a triangle from your nose to each of your eyes and then up to your forehead. Right. When you're having a conversation with someone, you can move your eyes to each of those spots on their face, hmm. and that will help to sort of alleviate that, in, that intenseness of, okay, I've got to look them in the eye, I've got to look them in the eye. Sure. You can look at their forehead, you can look at one eye, you can look at their nose, at their cheekbone, and that's not going to be noticeable to that person that you're not looking away or anything to that effect. So that's really helpful, too. And again, as I said, practicing with uh, someone you're comfortable with first can really, really help. And you, you just have to let yourself sort of leave your comfort zone and get to the point where you are starting to make it more natural that you're going to do those introductions. The other thing that I tell people to help with introductions is when you are meeting people just in social settings, perhaps a friend introduces you to another friend, and you might say, oh, it's nice to meet you, but you wouldn't necessarily shake their hand okay. in that social situation. And so we use those situations to help practice those types of more tr formal um, introductions, and that can help you feel more natural when you go into a more professional setting and you're, and you're having to introduce yourself. So those are some tips that I have with that. Yeah, and I do appreciate you mentioning uh, sort of the practice allowing you to become more natural. As you said, we don't want to come across as fake, and sometimes it's just being uncomfortable. So hopefully... Uh, people will take some of your words to heart there. How about the manner in which we speak? I mean, what's important to remember there when you're trying to be professional? Of course, people always want to be personable as well. Where's that balance? How do you speak? How do, how do you come across? What are some things to remember there? That's really tricky too because, you know, it really depends on what situation you're in and you don't always know if people are interested in certain things that you're interested in and that type of thing. But what I encourage people to do is to sort of pay attention to some of the current events that are going on. Okay. And, you know, of course, sometimes they're very controversial or they're very negative or they, you know, they're, they're sort of a downer. And so, you know, obviously you want to avoid bringing up current events like that if you're in a, a networking or a social situation. But if you were to, you know, just log on to the, the local news networks and sort of skim and see what's going on. Sure. If you're going to a certain networking event that is based on a certain theme or, a, you know, a certain industry, then look and see what's going on in that industry. What are some of the up-and-coming things that are happening in that industry? So 
some of the um, the more um, heavy duty uh, news networks have broken down into almost industries when they report news each day. So that's kind of easy. Just look for your industry and come up with some topics that you can plan to discuss with someone and have a good conversation about that. In a social setting, obviously, you might know if certain friends have enjoy sports or mm-hmm. enjoy art or those types of things. And so that can be a helpful way for you to feel more comfortable in maybe starting up a conversation with someone or, or beginning to uh, just be friendly and personable with someone. Because who doesn't want to talk about something they really are interested in? Right, so right. if you can pick up on that, and at least that can be a great way to at least start a conversation and get and be personable. That's a great way to start it. On another sort of level of impressions, uh, you talk about those nonverbals. What sort of impressions can you make with the way you dress? And I always found this one interesting as well because I don't want to be known necessarily for how I dress. I want to be known for what I know, what I can do. But at the same time, I also get it if you're showing up in shorts and a T-shirt to uh, some sort of business conference. That's not going to come across unless you're like Mark Zuckerberg or somebody. So I guess how much does that matter and, and what can you portray from your dress? What are some guidelines you like to offer up? But just anything really to help our listeners who I think get caught in this casual versus business casual versus business sort of discussion. Right. That's, that's also a tough one because it can really change from from uh, industry to industry, sure. you obviously want to assess and pay attention to what people are, how people are dressing or what they're wearing. Someone who's moving up the ladder in your particular industry and is being successful, you know, how are you seeing that they dress and how, how might you be able to sort of implement some of that quality of dress since it obviously is accurate in, in the sense of what that industry is, is portraying. Mm-hmm. So, that's one way to sort of identify that. The other thing I think that, and I tend to, I don't, I don't want to pick on women, but women have a bit more of a challenge in the professional versus the business casual look more so than men. They tend to mix up fashion and sure. what's fashionable with what's appropriate and professional. You know, I work with young, young students, obviously, so they will, they do that a lot. They tend to, you know, and they, they're young and they're beautiful and they, they want to wear the fashionable things and they look great in them. However, they're not really appropriate for a, a professional setting. So for women, I always encourage them to really pay attention to, is this more fashionable or is it professional? Mm-hmm. And the, the difference would be, obviously, you want to avoid the tight-fitting, shorter skirts, you might look dynamite in them. <laughs> However, perhaps, you know, you want to pay attention to whether that's going to be an appropriate item in your wardrobe for a professional setting. And, and some skirts are very nice. They're called pencil skirts. So they, you know, they're very fitted mm-hmm. uh, through the hip. But if they're to the knee, that's, I think that's totally appropriate if you have a nice jacket with it that looks professional. And then the other thing that tends to happen with the women is a lot of times more of the fashionable blouses will be a little bit too low cut. Okay. And that's not really appropriate for a professional setting. So, so for women, those are the two greatest uh, sort of troubles that, that I see. And for men, I think, you know, and not that it's easy for men, but really the difference would be a business professional outfit would be more of a traditional suit, of course. And you either get navy, brown, or, or black, or maybe like an olive green. So, you know, men don't have too much trouble at least running into trouble with figuring out, you know, what the suit should be. Right. They get to have some fun with their tie and their shirt. <laughs> but, you know, and you can pick your colors and your designs for your tie. But for business um, casual, sometimes I'll see men run into a problem of, 
either not having clothing that's pressed correctly, you know, a little bit too much wrinkle, and it happens with women too. Sure. But that's one thing that I do see sometimes with men. Or they're, they're not, some of the accessories that they wear, maybe they'll, they'll forget to wear a belt with a pair of dress pants or something to that effect. So, and you know, that's me picking on men. I don't really see it very often <laughs> at all. But those are some of the things that I find uh, maybe men uh, having a little trouble with. But mm-hmm. the business casual looks for men are great. They could wear a polo shirt or or just a nice long sleeve shirt with a tie sure. or not even a tie or a sweater and a pair of trousers or slacks. And then the shoes for women tend to sometimes, you know, not too tall ladies. <laughs> um, once you have branded yourself and proven yourself, then you're allowed to wear those tall, tall heels. But until then, uh, I, I always encourage women to go a little bit more traditional, professional. And uh, with men, uh, don't get too funky with the shoe wear for the professional area. But uh, those are some of the tips that I give for uh, dressing for success. Pay attention to the, the successful person that's moving up the ladder. Dress for the profession, uh, for the uh, position that you want, not necessarily the position that you have now. And that can be a way to get you moving along. I appreciate the details on it. I, I think, uh, especially, you know, as you said, you're not picking on women, but I think there is that, that tough balance. And we've seen it, you know, with different interviews that we've come across and uh, individuals we've had uh, doing some mock interviews that, and we're not really sure how to address that because you don't want to make a big deal out of it, but you don't want them to continue to go out and, and maybe put themselves in that negative light. So hopefully this helps our, our listeners a little bit gauge that um, both on the, the male and female side. We are getting a little low on time, but I did want to give you the opportunity here at the end just to uh, give us your thoughts, any sort of wrap-up idea or something we didn't touch on specifically that you wanted to mention to give our listeners a nice takeaway from this conversation and something that can make a lasting impression on them from our interview today. Oh, sounds great. Well, what I would encourage everyone to just think about is in your day-to-day life, just pay attention to what's going on around you. You know, we live in this very busy world and and we don't really pay attention to what's happening around us. And those are the opportunities we have to make ourselves impressionable by simply saying thank you to someone, by uh, emailing a coworker back, thanking them for sharing a, a document that they created for the office, or, um, or simply um, holding the door open for someone, or when you're driving, pay attention to if someone needs to get in the lane in front of you, let them do that. Those are those sort of unconscious core kinds of ways that you can practice becoming um, more impressionable with people. Those are the types of things that are going to then move into a professional setting where you are paying attention and you are giving the thank yous, that you are giving the compliments, that you are being the pay it forward person. That's the type of person people want to work with. That's the type of person who's genuine. That's the type of person who, who is likable and approachable. That's what you want to be when you're making those little impressions that make the biggest impression. I think that's very well put. And with that, we will wrap things up here on Moving Up the Ladder. Again, we've been looking to improve your ability to make that impression with our guest today, Elizabeth Dexter Wilson. She's the coordinator of career and professional development over at Spring Hill College. Elizabeth, thanks again for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on the show. And of course, we always want to hear from you, the listener, as well. If you have any thoughts on future topics you'd like us to cover here on LJN Radio, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.